Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However and whenever it is, you may be listening. Thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast. Happy Thursday, everybody. May is winding down, and we are starting a fresh cycle here on the podcast. So while you're here, leave those downloads, five-star ratings, subscribe, or I guess follow. It's not subscribe anymore. I have to correct myself on that. That's not how it goes anymore. We are going to talk NBA playoff basketball, specifically the Suns-Lakers series. We've talked a little bit about it, but there's so much that we can come around with. So we'll talk with our friend, House of Phoenix Suns, y'all know him from a, he pops in every now and then a few times, but I'm really excited that we got the chat before game three between the Lakers and the Suns, which of course is tonight at around seven o'clock West Coast time. So be on the lookout for that fun series. We also got Bucks and Heat later on, but you know how we feel about the Bucks if you tuned into yesterday's episode of the podcast. And at the same time, We've also got Nuggets and Blazers coming up tonight, which is kind of just a weird, fun series that we've all kind of been experiencing for the past couple days. It's kind of been an afterthought. It was just, it's an NBA TV game tomorrow, and you know what? Unfortunately for the Nuggets and Blazers, sometimes when you play Nuggets Blazers, you're going to have an NBA TV series. It's just kind of the way it goes sometimes. So that'll be your NBA TV game if you want to check into that, and it's going to go head-to-head with the Lakers and the Suns. I will probably sleep through both, but so be it. Uh, we got some fun stuff to talk about before we get to more NBA talk with House of Phoenix Suns, and we talk a little bit about Jazz in Memphis as well. We were recording during that game, so we'll talk about that too. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about is what I have dubbed the second TV series, and that is Trey Young, Julius Randle, Hawks, Knicks, epic duel. I mean, both teams are kind of first round exit type teams, but it's still fun to see teams that are well matched going head to head in the first round of the playoffs. Why? Because it looks like it's going to be a long series. And in the first playoff round, long series are always a good thing. A healthy balance of series I don't have to watch, like the 76ers and Wizards series, and series that get me really interested, like Hawks and Knicks. A healthy balance is very important when it comes to these first round series so that I don't have to pay attention to 76ers Wizards and know the Sixers are awesome, but I'll get around to the Sixers at some point. By the way, if I just want to give the Sixers some love real quick, shout out to Ben Simmons for lockdown defense that he's played on the perimeter all throughout the season. I know Ben Simmons gets crap because offensively he's been the exact same player that he was as a rookie, 
but his defensive ability goes unmatched. And similarly to like a reverse Utah Jazz, like a lot of their offense comes from the shooters and the big man, Joel Embiid, provides them a big part of the offense. And Ben Simmons' perimeter defense is a huge part of what makes the 76ers what they are. They're going to run through the Washington Wizards. It was pretty obvious by that game two that they played. And they'll probably run through the Knicks and Hawks as well. So that run to the conference finals is really going to make it right. Hashtag trust the process. Hashtag Sam Hinkie died for your sins. Um, and that is where we stand on the Sixers. Anyways, Hawks and Knicks. Uh, Trey Young. Great game, but the the Hawks looked so good at the beginning. And by the way, as I've talked about, I have been high on the Warriors South train, which is what we call the Atlanta Hawks. They are Warriors South, for those who are unaware. Travis Schlentak, who is the GM of the Hawks, was second in command to Bob Myers, took over the job, tore the team down, purposefully traded down to pass on Luka Doncic to get Trey Young. In hindsight, it'll be a mistake, but it's not that big of a mistake to get Trey Young over Luka Doncic. Both of them are very, very good players and definitely the two best players that came out of the 2018 draft class. But they built Trey Young because he was the next Steph Curry. He was the first child of the Steph Curry generation, and Trey Young became that face of the franchise, and they kind of struggled to build a lot around him, and they got DeAndre Hunter, who was pretty good. And they got Cam Reddish, and they got Kevin Herter, and then they signed Bogdanovich, and every team needs a Bogdanovich. By the way, I would like to officially declare before Game 3 of the Mavericks and Clippers series that uh, I've been saying for years every team needs a Bogdanovich on their team in the playoffs. Everybody needs a Bogdanovich. I would like to officially declare Tim Hardaway Jr., Dallas Maverick, who scored 28 points in Game 2, and guy who will guarantee to get $100 million from the Indiana Pacers, I would like to officially declare Tim Hardaway Jr. an honorary Bogdanovich. For the remainder of the playoffs, I officially decree Tim Hardaway Jr. gets to officially be an honorary Bogdanovich for the rest of the playoffs, just based on skill set. Anyways, so back to Hawks and Knicks. So the Hawks brought in all these pieces around Trey Young and they were fun. And then we got to game one and they had that dagger of a win. And I talked about this on the radio. Knicks fans are trying to cram like all of 20 years of playoff memories into one series. And to them, I say, I I mean, it's cool that you're so happy, but you're trying like really hard. And it it gets a little bit frustrating i can understand so you're trying really hard to make this a thing and i it, i totally understand it it's been 20 years since they've been relevant with a carmelo run where they dropped confetti after winning one game in the first round and amari stoudemire being an mvp for about a month or two like it it's been a long road for the New York Knicks, but trying to cram everything together like, oh, here's Spike Lee, here's Tracy Morgan, here's the Garden, here's hatred for Trey Young, here's, you know, fun Julius Randle, here's loud crowds, all that stuff, here's bitter rivalry. Like they're just trying to cram it all together so quickly. And then added element last night is people standing on cars and chanting outside the stadium, like, let's go, Knicks. Um, <laughs> it, it's been a long time, understandably. So. The New York Knicks are cramming that all together. And 
they got their reason to cheer. And Derrick Rose is always the feel-good story when he does something cool. But I think as a team, it was just cool to see the Hawks led by like 10 points most of the way. Like it was like 60 to 50, then 70 to 60, then 80 to 70 for a little bit. And then uh, the New York Knicks, I think actually, no, 70 to 60 was when the Knicks started like pounding back. And I think they ended up finishing the game, if I remember correctly. The New York Knicks ended up finishing the game on a 41 to 20 run. So they outscored the Hawks by nearly double, actually a little over than double, to end the game. And the New York Knicks end up winning big double digits when they were down double digits most of the game. And, you know, the Knicks had that moment where they're like, hey, we belong here. Trey Young can go for 30. And, you know, DeAndre Hunter can create his own shot and Bogdanovich pulls up from three, but we belong here. Even if it's with Reggie Bullock and Derek Rose and Alec Burks and, you know, 30 minutes of Taj Gibson here and there, like we belong in this series. And it was cool that they showed up. It looked like before they were going to be like the sixth seed in the NFL who's just happy to be there, like a Kirk Cousins or a Matt Moore when Matt Moore played a playoff game for the Dolphins. Um, it feels like they're just kind of like happy to be there at this point or that year that the Buffalo Bills made the playoffs and Peterman had to come in to try and close it out against the Jaguars. That's what it looked like the Knicks were going to be and the Knicks kind of turned a corner a little bit in that game against the Hawks. So it's cool to see again. It was the second TV game coming in, but again, I didn't watch the, the end of the game. I just caught, you know, some, some highlights and some radio broadcasts, but I did catch the beginning when the the Hawks jumped out to the big lead and Bogdanovich was draining some threes and the New York Knicks established themselves like we are here. And even though it's a second TV series, I'm learning that second TV series are often just series I'm trying to follow even while I'm going on long bike rides. So congrats to the New York Knicks. You're making this series fun and it's important because we need a healthy balance of fun because we've had the blowout series, which is, you know, Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Philadelphia has been a blowout series. Um, I mean, Denver Portland's kind of interesting. Uh, we kind of know both teams are kind of average. Um, and then we have our healthy balance combined with the awesome series like bucks and bucks and heat is moving that direction too. And then we have the awesome series. We've got Memphis and Utah. We've got, uh, the Lakers series, the Clippers being down two Oh, uh, Nuggets and Blazers is kind of, you know, it is what it is. Um, hey, NBA TV tonight, if you want to watch it. Um, it is what it is. But we've got that healthy balance of blowouts we don't have to pay attention to and fun series. And the Knicks and Hawks are providing a fun series that at the very least, it's something that gets people excited for the first round of the playoffs. So that went a little longer than I had thought. But that being said, let's welcome in House of Phoenix Suns to talk about some of these other series that have been going on in the NBA. Yeah, so for those uh, tuning into the podcast, I'll start it right around here. So uh, our friend House of Phoenix Suns always pops in every now and then just so we can talk about the Suns. And it's even better when the Suns are really good. And now the Suns 
are in the heat of the and like the most enticing series of the playoffs. Like it's something that's drawing eyeballs in. I mean, I there's so many storylines all over the place, but I think everyone is fascinated by what's going on with your sons right now. Like everyone's got their eyeballs on it. Yeah, I know. It's it's been crazy. Everyone was saying how Lakers are gonna sweep us, all these things, and then we go out in game one and we win. Like we show it was just great. And the fans like the atmosphere, I could hear it on the TV. I wish I could have gone to the game, but I could hear it on the TV. And it seemed like everyone was so excited for us to be in the playoffs. And then we go out in game two and we start losing by 15 points. And we we were just like, what's going on? This isn't what we signed up for. This isn't what we were expecting, considering how things went in game one. And then we end up losing that game. And I'm just a little nervous now heading, in, heading into L.A. that, we won't win another game. That's kind of – I'm just being a little bit pessimistic. I just hope that we can at least win one in L.A. Well, is that the Chris Paul injury? Is that the reason you're feeling so skeptical at this point? Because I know people generally point to that. And obviously, you know, Devin Booker had an awesome game one, even in spite of Chris Paul, like, popping in and out. But is, is it that injury that's kind of doing it for you? Yeah, that's something. And then, like, just the how the Lakers are, are built. They – they're – Biggest strength is our biggest weakness. We only really have one good big man in DeAndre Ayton. And then, but they have Marcus Saul, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond. And then, I mean, even LeBron at 6'9, 260. We don't really have anyone to match up with those guys consistently. So it's just, that's just how I felt going into the series is if we can't hit three point shots, then they're just going to kill us in the paint. And that's what they did in game two. And we really haven't made a lot of three-pointers like we did in the regular season. Yeah, and game one was interesting because you guys played, like, suffocating defense on them in game one. And then for the most part, they had, like, Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson on Anthony Davis. And then they did the thing that the Rockets did last year where they kind of, like, rotate on Anthony Davis whenever he tries to drive and, and dare him to settle for those mid-range jumpers. And then, you know, by game two, Anthony Davis is like, all right, I'm just going to sit right under the basket. I'm going to muscle some people, and I'm going to go to the free throw line 21 times. And Yeah, exactly. It, which is what he should have been doing the whole way through. But it took it took a game of, like, adjustment for the Lakers to get to that. And, you know, game three is – I'm interested to see what the Lakers' game plan is for game three. Is it just, like, r- rinse and repeat on game one – or, sorry, on game two – or does Anthony Davis start settling again? And does that let the Suns get back in the series? Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that he decides to go back to settling because I think he had something like 11 points in game one, which was fantastic for us. But then coming out in game two, he was destroying on the in- interior. And he, he got, I think, like you said, 21 free throws. And then Jay Crowder got two fouls in the first minute of the game. So he couldn't really defend him how he wanted to. And I I don't know. It's just it's just a little worrisome considering how things went in game two. But I have to look at it. Game one was really great and we can do that again. So it's just and and you know what? Maybe there's a Devin Booker game in there where where he just goes for, you know, 45, 50 does the Devin Booker thing. and, And you can maybe swipe one in there. Yeah, that'd be great, because if. If we come back to Phoenix 3-1 down, it's it's pretty much over. But yeah, and, and again, the Chris Paul injury just adds, you know, yeah. pro- is just a problem to all of this because 
you know, if, if he's out of the game in terms of like offensive production, like he can kind of be a, like an old school distributor where he's like four points and 11 assists. But if he's not an offensive threat, I just don't know if the Suns are going to be able to get enough points to kind of square up with the Lakers, which was kind of the Suns problem last year once, you know, pre-bubble, like pre-pandemic, like they just couldn't get enough offense from like Cam Johnson being their second leading scorer. Yeah, I know what you mean. And what stood out to me was there was a time he, he drove, like Chris Paul drove past Dennis Schroeder and then he was going up and he usually just shoots the mid-range super efficiently. I think the commentators were saying how he's the best mid-range shooter in the league right now. And usually he's going to shoot that and make it consistently. But he decided to kick it out to Jay Crowder instead who had a man on him. And he just ends up missing the three-pointer because he's not expecting to get the ball there because Chris Paul usually doesn't pass it there. And I think it's because he doesn't want like his shoulder to go up in that motion or something like that. But I don't know. And even when he does shoot it, he misses. He was missing it consistently last night. And yeah. it was just disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like a, a separated shoulder is kind of what it is. And that, you know, he might have to have something do, done with that in the off season, but it put, it puts a damper on the situation on from the offensive side for the, for what the Suns have kind of been doing all year, which is like, Chris Paul is a legitimate threat that allows Devin Booker to take less shots, but take more efficient shots because now defenses have to respect another guy on the perimeter along with like putting their best big man on Deandre Ayton. And how I compare it, it's pretty much having Ricky Rubio out there again. (laughs) Ricky Rubio couldn't shoot really worth a crap. So we, he kind of just dribbled in and passed the ball around. And that's what Chris Paul did in game two. Well, and, and then to, yeah, to get excellent. to the 8-0 from the bubble, just have uh, have some Devin Booker games just going bonkers in there. <laughs> and that's what we're going to need. We're going to need I, at least one, maybe two, and if we want to win the series. Yeah, but, well, I made the joke on Monday coming in, like, DeAndre Ayton had a coming out party because not a ton of people have been watching Phoenix Suns games all season, or at least a, a few in there. And for DeAndre Ayton to have, like, 21 and 15 – against the Lakers in that first game and just out-duel Anthony Davis, everyone was like, whoa, this guy, yeah. you know, he this guy's got something to it. And, and the last time you were here a few months ago during the regular season, we we talked extensively about Aiton, about how, you know, they, they wanted him to sit outside more. And then they – now he's more of this, like, super-skilled five where he's got, like, three different ways he can beat you offensively. And it's, it's a unique situation to have him in because – you know, he's the third best player on a team that got the second seed in the West. Like, it's it's pretty remarkable at 21-22 for him to be as good as he is. Yeah, and it's, it's great. I mean, I prefer him in the role that he has now than him standing out in the perimeter. And there was something that, like in an interview, I think it, it was a couple of days ago, he had an interview with Shams, and he, he was saying how he wants to be a mixture of, I think it was Bam Adebayo and Anthony Davis kind of player. I think that's what he said. Um, which would be great. That's exactly the kind of five we would want on the team. Someone that can dribble and make passes if he needs to, or just stand under the rim and, and make shots and shoot mid-range jumpers, which would be be great, really, in, in the offense that we have. What are the moves like later on for the Suns? Like, say, win or lose against the the Lakers. Like, if they have another crazy run, so be it. But if they if they do get knocked out here, like, what is 
the upgrades they can make this offseason. I think uh, at least more depth at the center position because I don't think Dario Saric playing center is a good option. And because right now our backup center is Dario Saric, and that's not Mm – Dario can't hang with Mark Gasol or Montrez Harrell whenever they come in. I mean, I, I'm yeah. for, for people on... who for people who don't know, Dario Saric back pre positionless basketball used to be a small forward for the for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Like he was basically Joe Ingles. Imagine yeah, like yeah. Joe Ingles playing center. And, and it just doesn't it doesn't work. And we have Frank Kaminsky, who obviously we don't trust to play in big games. Jalen Smith, who has spent time in the G League. Um, yeah, that, and that's that was not, much... a, not a great draft pick. Right? No, that one didn't no. turn out very well. It was not. So I think a, a big thing would be a backup center. Um, and so they then... miss Aaron Baines. That's what you're yes. saying. They really miss yes. Aaron Baines. <laughs> we, we really do. I wish he would have came back. But it is what it is. I was hoping we would have signed Drummond when he was bought out. But instead, of course, it goes to the Lakers. And now they just have – giants that we have to go up against but uh, at the very I, least that someone Aiton can cover like just stick Aiton yeah. on Drummond and it's like well just out rebound him or try and prevent his rebounding like if he scores he scores but you know Aiton Aiton's yeah. not great defensively but at the very least you can uh you can just stick him on Drummond <laughs> yeah exactly and he can at least rebound decently so yeah he uh, out rebounded a bunch of people I don't really think we're too bad in any other position. Like we can't campaign is pretty good backup for Chris Paul right now. Uh, Tory Craig is pretty good. There's one thing you can always count on for the Phoenix Suns. It's having like six backup point guards. Yeah, that's true. Cause even Javon Carter's not really getting any minutes right now. And he's a good backup point guard. Don't they also have like Eton Moore in there? I think he's yeah, yeah, he down does. that bench. Yeah, is Tyler Eulis still hanging around? I always assume Tyler Eulis is hanging around the Suns bench. Somewhere. Nah, a lot of the Suns fans wish he was, but he's, I think he's in the G League somewhere. Yeah, and I just always assume Tyler Eulis is hanging around on the Suns bench somewhere. Yeah, I, I can see that. Tyler Eulis Tyler Tyler just shows up to practice. He, he doesn't practice. He's, just, he's in street clothes. He just sits in the stands, and he's like, hey, <laughs> I'm here. I'm always yeah, here. And who's case. all to even notice if he was on the bench? So <laughs> <laughs> I always assume he's hanging around there. So yeah. uh, what else has got your interest going? If if enough of the Suns and uh, – you know, we'll see it. We'll see if we have another series there. But what else is piquing your interest right now? Uh, I'm just really excited that we even have playoff basketball. I don't care if we, like I said, going into the series, if we get swept, I'd still consider this a, a successful season. We made it to the yeah. playoffs. That's what everyone's been hoping for. It gives us some experience. Devin Booker gets to show what he's all about. Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, all those guys get to actually play some playoff basketball, and the city of Phoenix gets to enjoy some competitive basketball. Yeah, and we talked about that before. Like, had the Suns drawn a better matchup, they probably would have made it to the second round, or still can. Like, I'm not saying it's over for the yeah, Suns. Game, I, I know. Game three will be telling, but you know, if they had drawn Portland in the first round instead of the Lakers, I think they, they probably win that series and they get to the second round at the very least. And, yeah. you know, maybe in the crazy Western Conference, who knows what ends up happening from there. But the the Suns probably sh- could have, should have, would have played the Lakers in instead of the first round. I know, and that's what's also annoying is because after 
a decade of no playoff basketball. We finally get to play and we go against the defending champs in the first round. It's, it's like, seriously, can we catch a break? Yeah. And, and to be honest, like Chris Paul's been here like a million times, but at least for like Booker and Aiton, I saw a crazy stat during game one that Devin Booker had the most points scored of any player who had never played in a playoff game in the NBA, which I guess makes sense. But I was just like, yeah, wow, that's, that's crazy. crazy to think about. But Jeez. yeah. And with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Cam Johnson and all those guys, like just at the very least for, for Booker and Ayton showing up next year after playing one time in the playoffs will make it easier. Like what we're seeing Luca do right now where Luca's like, okay, now I can, I've been here before. I know I've seen this. This is, this is slowing down. It's becoming fun uh-huh. playoff basketball. And I think that at the very least, the Suns are not going to like fall off the face of the earth next. No, year. I don't so, feel that way. Back. Yeah. And that's what's promising as well. Like, even if we do lose a series, I'm confident we'll be back next year. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. And Phoenix is – well, we said this actually when we were talking after the bubble. Like, this is this is like the arrival for Phoenix. It's like the rebuild officially ended in the bubble. So now you're trying to maximize that window across like three, four years, whatever it ends up being. A lot of it has to do with how great Devin Booker ends up being. But ultimately, like, you've got a, a bunch of years where you can maximize a window now. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's true. I, I just hope Chris Paul will be at this whatever level he is now for at least another year or two, hopefully. Um, but we'll yeah. cross that bridge when the time comes. Yeah, Chris Paul's like this weird mercenary player right now where he's he's very he's like 38 but he just shows up to your team and just helps turn things around and tells you this is where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be and this is how I'll put you in a position to succeed. And, that, and that's just what we needed. Like we needed exactly. someone to tell all these guys what to do. And that's how we get Monty Williams that that coach of the year award and yeah, uh, he deserves it. Yeah, for sure. Didn't he win like bubble coach of the year? I don't remember exactly how that worked, but they, yeah, they like made up a fake award to help like reward the Suns because like Devin Booker finished second in bubble MVP yeah. and they didn't make the tourney. Yeah, I know. I mean, Damian Lillard did play out of his mind, but I still wish Devin Booker won it. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Like Devin Booker, at least was legendary. To it was legendary to remember both of those. I'll re- I'll always remember those two, and both. It should be on their resume when they make their Hall of Fame cases. Bubble yeah, it should. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yes, if we're gonna keep making up awards, I think we should add like six. Or, if we're actually gonna use awards to judge like career accomplishments, I think we should make up six or seven more of them. <laughs> yeah, might as well just to give us something else. Yeah, something to work with there so yeah uh did you watch any of the knicks and hawks tonight no i did not unfortunately who who ended up did the knicks win yeah the knicks ended up winning um with like a fourth quarter turnaround so like they were down 10 most of the game and then they outscored them by 20 in the last like four minutes of the third and fourth quarter so yeah I mean, that's an interesting series because I don't really care who wins that. It'll be good for both sides. Like the Knicks haven't been in the playoffs for ages either. Yeah, Um, it's it's like with the Suns where both teams, like if they win this series against each other, they're just like, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, I don't care. I don't care if I get smacked by the Sixers. 
I'm good. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're just happy to be here. I feel like the Knicks are, are like just happy to be here at this point. Like, yeah. Yeah. I it's hope the be... end up beating the Clippers, though. The Mavericks start. This is the thing I was talking about on the radio show is like, we have to start preparing for this reality, right? Like, <laughs> mentally, we have to start preparing for this Mavericks jazz likely series. I mean, we're, we're recording this as the jazz Memphis game is going on. So we don't actually know who won the game yet. This is Kyle from the future. You might've heard me say about seven seconds ago that the Utah jazz and Memphis Grizzlies game was still going on while we were recording the podcast with house of phoenix suns well i'd like to inform you after the fact that the utah jazz did indeed win against the memphis grizzlies staging a really interesting next game three and keeping still alive my possibility that as i wrote on may 24th in my notes grizzlies would go up to one before the jazz end up winning in six still holding out hope for that possibility i would also like to state for the record that john morant is that Dude, Ja Morant is going bonkers in a losing effort, but still, it was a great, great performance by Ja Morant, and the return of the heroic Donovan Mitchell dropping 23 for the Utah Jazz was phenomenal. And so the Utah Jazz are that team where that I said coming in, they have the best eight deep in the league, and to be honest, they're going nine deep now, but that eight deep ended up proving, providing huge dividends tonight because not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, six Utah Jazz ended up scoring in double figures against the Memphis Grizzlies. So congrats to the Utah Jazz for not blowing it big time. They came out and they performed awesome in a game that for both teams, nobody could miss. I think... Memphis in the third quarter went 17 for 22 from the field. That is equal to 76% from the field. There was a stretch where Memphis went 76% of the fee- from the field to close the gap from 20 to 3. Uh, the Jazz just had too much. And like I said, six Utah Jazz in double figures last night. So, There is Kyle from the future to update you on this Jazz Grizzlies series. We have to like mentally prepare for a Jazz Mavericks series right now, don't we? (laughs) And I hope the Mavericks win that game too. I don't like the Jazz for some reason, but (laughs) I mean, not my cup of tea. I I, is it Gobert? Is that what it is, or is it like might be? I think it might be. Or is it like they they were like the the better, more polished version of you guys all season? I mean, that's the thing, and see, that's what that's the kind of thing that irks me is because people will say that Donovan Mitchell is better than Devin Booker, and oh, it's because his his team's number one in the West, and then you have Devin Booker number two, and he's Devin Booker's not even the best player on his team, yada yada yada. So people will say because they're the more polished team. Donovan Mitchell is better than Devin Booker. Donovan Mitchell is just a bigger part of their offense than Devin Booker is. And and to be honest, 
They're but they're both twenty four. They're both two time all stars, or I think you know Booker might be twenty five now. But it's like they're basically the same age. They're both two time all stars. Both of them are pretty much in the same category at this point, and it's pretty hard to distinguish either of those two teams, Utah or Phoenix. Like it's, yeah. it's pretty hard to distinguish those two from each other. It would have been such a fun series to have seen them play. Yeah, I know that would have been a really good series. Like, like not saying it's over, but I, I think that's, they're probably like fourth and fifth down the list of like teams that could make a Western conference finals, oh, even yeah. though they're the top two yeah. seeds. I, I still think like the Lakers have the highest chance of making the Western conference finals. Yeah, I got. I think just because of matchups. Yeah, I just got to be honest with myself, and that with that likely to be the outcome. But yeah, I mean the Nuggets. The Nuggets are they? They're good. Like they're kind of like they're kind of like Phoenix. They're good, not great at this point. Um, Yeah, and. If the Blazers play the Lakers, Lakers are gonna smack the Blazers because the Blazers, yeah. <laughs> the Blazers are no. <laughs> that should be a sweep. <laughs> no, because because the Blazers. Yeah, let's play this game. Do you think you can name the front court for the Blazers? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, Nurkic is still there, right? Yeah, Nurkic is still there. He was just hurt for a lot of the season, so they were playing like Ennis Cantor. <laughs> it's like no, you cannot have Ennis Cantor defending Anthony Davis no. in the playoffs. Did they get rid of Covington, or is he there? Covington's there, but it, I'm so mad about this. Like they're basically using Covington like Trevor Ariza, even though he's like younger and more polished than Trevor Ariza. Yeah. So he's just like guard the guard the guy who sits in the corner, and I think he's only scoring like seven points a game this year. Yeah, it's that's so weird. bad. That's a waste. Yeah, if he's still there, I I don't know who their power forward is. Yeah. Um, Isn't Zach Collins injured? And I think it's some. Yeah, Zach Collins is down. They got Norman Powell in there. I don't know. I don't uh, really know what he's doing. He's kind of just there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing is at least you can name the Suns front court to go against the Lakers front court. But if you can't even name some of the guys on the – Portland front court, you're not going to stand a chance against. The yeah, Lakers. Portland played worse defense than the Cavaliers this year. That's a fun fact. <laughs> oh boy. Then yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean they still have a chance against the Nuggets, though. Like it's super. Yeah, weird. and that's another thing that is good for the Lakers, for example, is because if the Blazers are holding on against the Nuggets and and the Lakers would blow the the Blazers out of the water. I mean, Nuggets match up better against Lakers, but still. Uh, I, I just forgot who they have guarding LeBron James. Uh, they are going to have Carmelo Anthony guarding LeBron James. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Carmelo. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes he'll give you 20, and then sometimes he'll play 31 minutes and give you five points like he did in game yeah. two. <laughs> That'll be bad. <laughs> yeah. So that, that one's interesting. <laughs> As I'm trying to think because I'm I'm watching the Utah game. I've got it on on the other screen. It looks like Utah's gonna win. Like we can edit it down later, but it's looking like Utah's gonna beat Memphis with a healthy Donovan Mitchell. This is this is interesting. So. Utah is – we assume they're going to win, but I did write this down beforehand. I feel kind of proud of it. I said, like, Memphis might go up 2-1 on Utah, but Utah will win series. That's what I wrote down in my notes huh, before. That's started. a fair fair assessment probably. Yeah, because you know what? Memphis, this is technically like their second run. I mean, it's technically their first, like, full series. But last year they uh, 
they obviously got beat by Portland in that play-in game pretty handily. So it's technically their second run with this core of guys. Like yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give them a pass. I'll, I'll give them the one, one run. Yeah, cool. They're kind of in the same position as the Suns, except they don't have a DeAndre Ayton at this point. Yeah, that's a, and that's a big thing. That's a big thing for the Suns right yeah. now. That's it. Well, yeah. I mean, DeAndre Ayton's always going to be fascinating because he's like he's going to be remembered as the guy who was drafted before Luca, but it's not like he's going to be he's going to have a terrible career. Like he he looks like he's going to be really good, if not like maybe make an All Star team at some point in his career. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, this is probably a far fetched comparison, but like Hakeem Olajuwon was picked before Michael Jordan, but yes. And nobody really cares that Hakeem Olajuwon went first because he still ended up having a great career. So if DeAndre Ayton can at least be decent, he won't be in too much of a shadow of Luka Doncic. Yeah, it looks like DeAndre Ayton's like on his way to a 15-year career where he plays on some really good teams. Like, yeah. And if he can get a ring in Phoenix, that'd be he'd be the best best center in Phoenix oh, history. Yeah. Yeah, no, if you get a ring, like, it's all good in the end. Like, all the bad moves, all the, you know, missing out yeah. on Luka Doncic, it's all good if you get a ring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, uh, I appreciate you coming on again, even if it's, like, semi, semi-late-ish, semi but... <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no problem. I'm, I'm in Arizona now, so I'm, I'm back on your time, I guess. Yeah, um, it's so confusing. It's y'all Arizona are so confusing because yeah, sometimes during really the year you're an hour ahead and then sometimes <laughs> you're an hour behind. It's so confusing. Yeah, we don't believe in the daylight savings. Yeah, but it, I mean, I, I agree with you in not doing that. I just it makes it impossible to figure out what time it is in Arizona. At what yeah, time it's hard for year. me to know. <laughs> it's hard for me to know people's time zones. Yeah, because you guys don't change with us. It's never like it's an hour. It's like sometimes you're in, you're with us, and sometimes you're uh, you're with Utah and Denver in the Pacific time zone. It <laughs> or, doesn't sorry, make any sense. Zone. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, I almost forgot. Check out House of Phoenix Suns on Instagram, and you get you're doing something with these. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but if people want to check it out, then uh, yeah. I don't know exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Again, I always love coming on here. You do a great job with all your other episodes, and I'm glad I could be a part of one. Yeah, I appreciate it. I hope that we get to chat again soon in good terms instead of like, you know, hey, what's going on in the draft? Like Phoenix yeah. has a chance and we can talk again next week. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll talk after we beat the Lakers. So Exactly. Or at the very least, force a game seven. Do something, yeah, do something to get attention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But all right, have a good one. Thank you again. If you're still hanging out with us here on the Take It Easy podcast, first of all, it means you really love this podcast. So thank you very much for doing so and continuing to support all the work that we do here. But secondly, it might mean that you are a huge NHL fan and waiting to make his triumphant return to the show is douchey hockey guy as we break down anything and everything going on on the ice here as the first round comes near to a close in the Stanley Cup playoffs. What a night it was yesterday. Let's just get to the first three games of the evening. 
the New York Islanders knock off the number one seed in the West. I'm sorry, not in the West, in the, because there are no conferences anymore, in the East Division presented by Mass Mutual, the Pittsburgh Penguins with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin are out of here. First round exit and, uh, all those uh, Penguins fans that were making jokes in my comment section for a post that said they just haven't been the same since 2018. See exit stage right. The Islanders eliminated the Penguins after the crazy double overtime game five that they won against the Penguins on Tuesday. I'm sorry, on Monday. Came back on Wednesday. Douchey hockey guy needs a little bit of a, a retool here. And the New York Islanders are moving on in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Secondly, we had the Battle of Florida. The Florida Panthers, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Ice Cats, and Lightning Stanley Cup champions going head to head. And it was game six, which means the Ice Cats really needed this one. And Tampa Bay, to be quite honest, really needed to win this game six because going back to the BB&T center for game seven is not an ideal situation for Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay led by Yanni Gord left no doubt they crushed the Florida Panthers to eliminate the Ice Cats who had had their best season in close to 15 years down in South Florida but Tampa Bay wins the series as we expected and they will travel on the road to face Either the Carolina Hurricanes, if they win a game six, or the Nashville Predators, if Nashville ends up winning game seven and game six. Speaking of which, check that out Thursday night. Preds, Hurricanes, I thought the Hurricanes would win that series rather easily. They got out to a 2-0 lead. Nashville took it back to the home ice and won the next game before Carolina won a double OT thriller in game five on Tuesday. I really enjoyed watching that game. It was on in the afternoons into the evening as they got to double overtime. So shout out to the Carolina Hurricanes for winning that game five. They will play Tampa Bay if they can get a win in game six. Final game of the evening. We go to the West region presented by Honda, a division in which the Colorado Avalanche already swept the St. Louis Blues they're sitting and waiting to see who they would play in the next matchup. And we talked about this on the Take It Easy radio show. Don't let the Minnesota Wild back in because the Vegas Golden Knights, who were universally regarded as the favorites in that series against the Wild, they would have been one of the big favorites going in along with the Colorado Avalanche, setting up an epic duel in the West Region Championship, or sorry, what would be by college basketball terms, the West region final, but the West division final presented by Honda, the Tampa, I'm sorry, the Las Vegas golden Knights had a three, one lead on their home ice ready to advance. And the wild came out, punched them right in the mouth in game five, went up four to two set up this game, six back in Minnesota that you never, ever want to lose if you're the Vegas Golden Knights because a game seven back home, it's going to be stressful and a toss-up game because one game sample sizes in hockey are probably the least representative you can get of any sport. Maybe baseball. Baseball might be a little bit ahead, but 
The game was 0-0 through two periods. Defensive duel between Marc-Andre Fleury, the Vegas Golden Knights legendary goaltender, obviously the expansion draft legend, who ends up going to Vegas, leading them to the finals in their first year. And for the Minnesota Wild, of course, Cam Talbot's excellent goaltending all throughout the season and Talbot stood on a head to try and keep them alive in this game and this series. And so the Vegas Golden Knights in a 0-0 game finally break the tie when Marc-Andre Fleury allows a goal to Minnesota. Then Vegas scores the game-tying goal with 10 minutes left in the game that gets revoked for goaltender interference, challenged by Tampa Bay. No good on the challenge by Tampa Bay. So they go from tying the game to not tying the game to losing a challenge and allowing a power play for the Minnesota Wild, because that's what happens in hockey when you challenge and fail. It's called a delay of game, and a player gets a two-minute penalty. So what we had was Minnesota going on the power play after it looked like they just allowed a tie game, and Minnesota scores on the power play, up 2-0. Then they score another goal, 3-0. Minnesota, they would go on to win Brutal fights. Ryan Reeves, I think his name is, was getting into it late in the game. Pressure mounting for Vegas, and now they have a do-or-die Game 7 coming up Friday night back in good old Las Vegas to try and keep the epic duel between Vegas and Colorado alive unless we can have it be spoiled by those old Minnesota Avalanche. We already saw Winnipeg spoil the Connor McDavid Austin Matthews duel in the North region presented by Scotiabank. So it would be unfortunate if we also lose out on the Vegas Golden Knights Colorado Avalanche duel. We were really excited for. And if people who are hockey traditionalists or at least have uh, been loving traditional hockey for a while and love the big names, wanted to see Sid the Kid Crosby up against Alexander Ovechkin. Well, I am sure I am unfortunately here to inform you that both Sid the Kid Crosby and Alex Ovechkin are gone. It'll be the Islanders against the Bruins to decide who ends up winning the East region presented by Mass Mutual here in the 2020 NHL playoffs. So Toronto plays tomorrow to try and close out the uh, Montreal Canadiens, who are they, they are far superior to. They lost game one. Things were looking sketchy for a moment, like, uh-oh, Toronto's going to Toronto. They're basically the Chicago Cubs or New York Knicks of hockey, where they haven't won since the 60s, and they've been kind of incompetent, but they always make a ton of money, so there's no incentive to change their system. But Tampa Bay, I'm sorry, but Toronto has a really, really good team right now, and they have a matchup with Winnipeg next, and it looks like they are coasting very finely to advancing out of the North region presented by Scotiabank. So they play game five tomorrow and the epic game six, I mentioned a second ago between the Preds and Nashville, or sorry, the Preds and the Hurricanes will take place here on Thursday. So those are your two games on Thursday, the Predators and the Hurricanes and Tampa or Toronto. Why do I confuse Tampa and Toronto? Oh, because the Raptors, that's why the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. Both series could end, which only leaves the epic Game 7 in the West region, presented by Honda, between Vegas and Minnesota. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you 
for stopping into the Take It Easy podcast. We got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as episodes Sunday as Wired Up. Please leave five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Download some episodes. Follow, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or wherever it is that you tune in and support all the great stuff going on here and around the Take It Easy podcast. Follow us on Instagram and buy some merch if you want to. We've got that as well. Check the link in the description of today's episode for all of our work. Take it easy, everybody. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.